This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. On the show today, I'm going to be sharing with you an interview I did with J. Scott Christensen. He is an associate teaching professor for the University of Missouri uh, College of Business. And he wanted me to come on the show and talk to his students about how to have a productive semester. So this is the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Excellent. Well, we're going to start this uh, meeting off uh, or this class off very, very differently than I normally would. Often we talk kind of talking about the mechanics of the class, but I've realized as we've gone through this past fall with COVID that a lot of us are not necessarily living a stress-free life, but yet we have more and more stuff to do. So I thought this week and today especially is going to be about how do we approach productivity? How do we approach having a little bit of a less stress in our lives? What are some tips, techniques, and things that we can borrow from others that are going to make us have a happier semester together? And so I've invited um, a newfound colleague of mine. I don't know if I can call him a colleague or a friend, but Mark Chush, Chush I'm sorry, I even got it spelled out here. Mark Struchesky, who is Mr. Productivity. And uh, I met him through his uh, podcast a while back, and he is in the business of helping others with their productivity, with trying to deal with overwhelm. And so I wanted to invite him to talk with you all today. I have some questions for him, but I'll give him an opportunity to introduce himself as well. Well, Scott, thank you so much for having me on your your Zoom here. I don't know what to call it. We're, 2020 was a really unusual year. I specialize in helping people deal with overwhelm, and I am striving to give you and your students uh, a bunch of tips today on how they can maximize this upcoming class. Excellent. Well, I have one question to kind of get you started, and you can take it any direction you want, but I'm kind of wondering... I'm sure that if I pulled everybody here, we would all say that we want to be more productive. Nobody's going to say, I don't want to be more productive. I don't want to be less overwhelmed. But I know that sometimes people must come to you and they are not receptive to receiving your message. Uh, and uh, they don't necessarily take your advice. What are kind of the key points or things that we need to do to kind of be prepared to open ourselves up to being more productive? Well, first of all, you have to live intentionally. So many people are trying to fit things in uh, between commercials at the red light while they're waiting on their friend. You have to be intentional if you want to get things done. I have a saying that you need to tell your time where to go instead of warning where it went. So whether you're working at school or you're working at the job, you need to sit there and go, what do I want to do tomorrow? What do I want to do this afternoon? And really think about it. And and don't overplan it. The number one, I'm a big planner, but sometimes people overplan it. They'll plan every minute of the day. You're not Bill Gates. You don't work in seven minute increments. Okay. So what I want you to do is think about, okay, I need to work on these assignments. How much time am I going to allocate for each assignment? And before you even do that, though, you have to back up and say, okay, how long can I work on something? That's really important because if you can only effectively study for 45 minutes, don't schedule a 90 minute study session. That's not going to work. Okay, so be very intentional about how you're spending your time. If you wake up one day and you're not feeling it, you you keep reading the same sentence or paragraph over and over and over again. Well, maybe you put it down. You go for a walk. I mean, I know I don't I forget where you're located. What state you located? We're in Columbia, Missouri, right in the heart of Missouri. 
Okay, because right now I'm in Houston. It's 72 degrees and sunny outside. The windows are open. So I don't want to rub it in too much. Yeah. Um, but maybe go for a brisk walk. Yes, you can go for a brisk walk when it's cold out. The, the science has proven that that's not going to kill you. Um, so you need to allow yourself permission to say, I'm not feeling this course, or maybe allow yourself to go check in on social media. But if you're going to do that, make sure you set yourself a timer on your phone, 30 minutes. Otherwise, you know, you'll be on there for hours and you won't get anything done. So don't push a rope, allow yourself the grace, but also understand how long you can actually study before you, you know, you, you get to that point where, like I said earlier, you're rereading the same sentence over and over again. Excellent. Excellent advice. I like that idea of being intentional. And that's something I tend to not do as well because I want to do everything, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to do everything and I don't really stop down and take the time. Well, I've just scheduled 48 hours worth of work for the next uh, afternoon. Um, So I think that's great uh, advice. Um, One of the things I was kind of wondering too was we just passed a new year and probably a lot of us have made resolutions and we're going to develop a new habit. And hopefully we just pick one or two things. How long does it take to develop a new habit or to um, develop a new way of thinking or approach? Well, first of all, I hate resolutions. Okay. I, I, I rather have you set a goal, not a resolution. I have a standing goal every year to run a thousand miles. Not like, I hope I run more this year. It's a thousand miles, or I want to lose 25 pounds, or I want to read 30 books. So I encourage everyone to create their goals for 2021. And I encourage you to write them down and tattoo them on your brain. Now, in terms of habit, there's different researches. Some people say 21 days. I read an excellent book, which I highly recommend everyone go out and read. The author is Robin Sharma. The book is called The 5 a.m. Club. I voluntarily joined The 5 a.m. Club on February 4th, 2020. In the book, he talks about it takes 66 days to establish a habit. 66 days, okay? The first 22 days, it's really hard. The second 22 days, it's really messy. But when you get to that third 22 days, it feels like this is really awesome. And then once you hit day 67, it's like you reach the point, what he calls automaticity, which means it becomes automatic. I can't imagine not getting up at five o'clock in the morning. I can't imagine not getting up and going running. I run 30 minutes every morning at 5.15 in the morning, although that habit is only 24 days old. So that I have not, I'm kind of like in the, the messy middle here, but uh, I love running first thing in the morning. Even when it's cold, it does get cold here in Houston. So it does take 66 days to establish a habit of doing it every single day. You can't do it one day and then take four days off and do it two days and take a day off it's every day 66 days uh three 22 day increments and you can establish a habit hey there it's mark and i will coach you for less than two dollars a day plus give you access to a group coaching call every single month for more information visit mrproductivity.com that's excellent i've heard um, other authors advise things that very similar. They said that sometimes what happens is you kind of get this little dip, right? So you, you start exercising every day, but you don't see the benefits of it yet. And so mm-hmm. you're, you're like, oh, well, you know, I've, I've been exercising for a week. I'm going to go, you know, back to eating uh, uh, Twinkies or whatever. And I assume that the 5 a.m. club is getting up at five, not staying up till five. That's Correct. Great. You're getting right. up at five. So I, oh, okay. I, get, I go to bed seven nights a week. 
So all screens are off between 7, 30 and 8. I go to bed at 9, and I sleep seven and a half hours to eight hours a night, and I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, seven days a week. I was out running at 5.15 in the morning, New Year's Day. So I, I've never – I'm 55 years young. I've never been a party animal. I, I don't like staying up. I don't think I've stayed up to the New Year – ringing the new year like 25 years it didn't seem it seemed pointless to me i guess when i was a kid and i realized that we all celebrate the new year at a different time zone and people in australia already celebrate it i'm like why am i staying up to a minute what's the big deal so i i've always been early to bed early to rise i think someone famous by the name of benjamin franklin said makes us healthy wealthy and wise excellent excellent um so speaking of habits, uh, let's just talk about some of your goals. I know students have their own goals for uh, what they want to achieve this year or this semester, but I noticed on your website that you've set a pretty audacious goal for yourself and having a podcast every day of the year. Tell us about that. Well, if you were to look at a big influencer like Oprah or Tony Robbins or Gary Vaynerchuk, I mean, they have teams. My wife and I are doing this every day. And I decided to do this because I want to serve my community. And so instead of doing like I was doing four to five interviews, so I was already doing a lot of interviews already. But I started on January 1st. I said, this is a crazy goal. Let me release a brand new episode every day. Now, if everything goes as planned, I'll have four interviews a week, which means I have to do three solo episodes a week. But the first week I started that three of my four interviews canceled. For various reasons. So I had to fill in the gap, but I, I, so far I'm 19 for 19. We'll see what happens on my birthday, June 21st, if I'm still uh, every day. Excellent. Excellent. Um, why a podcast? Why did you decide this medium was uh, interesting? We're going to study a, a number of different types of media and technologies. Why did you uh, go with this as where you wanted to be featured? When I became an entrepreneur back in 2005, it was drilled in my head, build your email list, and have ownership of the content. You do not own the content on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok. You don't own that content. They can kick you off. The platform can be bought out. It can go out of business. I own every piece of content that I put out on the podcast. Now, Apple Podcasts or Spotify may kick me out, but I still have all the interviews so I could transcribe them to a blog post. Okay, And I also own my email list. I think it's really important that you own your content. Number two, the podcast is my own radio station. I was a top 40 radio DJ back in the day, another lifetime for those of you who watch Lost. And when I found out I could have a podcast in my spare bedroom in my house, and I could talk about whatever I want to talk about, and the whole world listening, I thought it was cool. I remember the first time I released a podcast, July 7, 2017, and I got 125 downloads. I'm like, okay, I downloaded it. My wife downloaded it. My cousin downloaded it. Who are these other 122 people? How, it is so bizarre that I can download a, a, I can create a podcast and anyone literally in the world can listen. Matter of fact, I just out of curiosity, I went to find out the countries with the most downloads of my podcast. Number one is the United States. Do you want to guess what the number two country was? Mm. It completely blew me, blew me away. Um, let me see. Australia? India. India. I mean, I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with India. I love India, but I just shocked that they were the number two country in terms of downloads of my podcast, more than more than the United Kingdom, more than Australia, more than Canada. And it's just I'm like, wow, how this happened? I mean, it's really up there with the United States. So apparently I'm a celebrity in India. I, who knew? <laughs> One of the benefits of being a subscriber to my email newsletter is you get access to free weekly training from me. To sign up for my email newsletter, just go to MrProductivity.com. 
<laughs> Excellent. Um, one of the things that I noticed was uh, some of the reviews of, from your clients and customers. They talked about how you helped them identify and overcome roadblocks. And could you just speak to what are, how do you think about roadblocks? What are they? How can we overcome roadblocks in our own lives? A roadblock is anything that keeps you from your destination. And the biggest roadblock is not social media. It's not email. It's not people. It's the person you see reflected back in you when you look in the mirror. We get it in our own ways. Okay. We just like, well, and maybe it's through negative self-talk. Well, I can never do this. My family's never done this. I'm not good at this class. And we get in our own way. And so what I try to do with my clients, I sit down and say, okay, tell me everything that's blocking you. And at first you're like, well, uh, that's why I came to you. I said, no, I got to pull the information out of you. What, what is keeping you from doing X, Y, or Z? Because I, I don't live, I, I, I can't be part of your body. You have to tell me. And when they stop and think about it, they go, well, you know, the neighbor's cat always meows all day long when I'm trying to study. Okay, well, is there something you could do about it? So before I can help someone, I got to find out what's stopping them. But a lot of people, they keep the... Um, the roadblocks in the back of their head, their subconscious mind, they just kind of dismiss them. Well, what you have to do is if you're trying to focus, even though you may not consciously be aware that the cat is meowing back, your mind's going, what's that? What's that? What's that? Okay. Same with social media. If you have notifications turned on for social media, every time your phone goes ding or vibrates, your brain's going, what's that? What's that? What's that? And it's no longer fully focusing on what you need to focus on. Instead, it's wants to know what that is. Is that the leader of my country? Is, is I, are they sending me a text? No, they're not. Okay. But that's, that's part of the problem is we are getting in our own way. And what you need to do is find out what is blocking you and then find out how to improvise, adapt, and overcome. Maybe you have to step over. Maybe you got to walk around it. Maybe you got to dig under it, but don't just sit there and be paralyzed. I, I use this story all the time. If you're, let's say you're out walking on the path and the path you're walking down is a straight path, but on both sides, it's like a steep cliff and you're walking down the path. And all of a sudden you come to this board, a simple two by four laying horizontally across the, the path. Are you going to turn around and go back the way you came? No, you're going to step over it. Okay, let's say there's a door frame. Okay, there's a door frame. And you're like, okay, there's a door frame in there with a door closed. Are you going to turn around or are you going to try to see if the door open up? Maybe the door's not even locked. And so, so many people, when they come to an obstacle, they go, well, it's the universe's sign. It's God's sign to me that I should, you know, turn around. But maybe it's just to test how serious you are about where you're going. Interesting. Uh, we're going to watch some videos by a gentleman, Carl, Carl Newport, for our next uh, class. It's going to be later this week on Thursday, uh, where we're going to continue this kind of conversation about productivity. We're going to get a little more into the weeds about some of the methods that I found uh, useful. But I think that's a, a great way to look at it as far as uh, how do we eliminate some of these distractions. And maybe you could talk a little bit about that because I know that I'm not immune from that either. I like to get on Reddit and there's this forum called Awe and it has all these little cute cat pictures. And I, <laughs> I can scroll through that for like five hours and watch all these little cute kitties and doggies and stuff. How do we kind of break away or how do we balance, you know, what's a healthy use of these things? Well, I'm going to say something that I don't know of any productivity expert that tells you to do this. Schedule those distractions in your day. If you know you have to go on Snapchat or Instagram or TikTok, then say, okay, I'm going to study for an hour 
Then I'm going to allow myself to go on TikTok for 30 minutes. Okay. Or if you're an adult like uh, like uh, Scott and I are, maybe you're going to like do some work around the house. Put that on your schedule. If you want to go to Reddit, put it on your schedule. What happens is like, oh, you grab your phone. Like, okay, um, I'm going to check for a few minutes. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been 90 minutes because you just, you picked it up. Always do it intentionally. So I'm a big fan of putting it on your schedule. Okay. You want to read, you want to check Reddit, you want to check Instagram, put it on your schedule and then tell yourself, I'm going to do it for 30 minutes. And then you got to have either timer go off at the end of time, or you have to have something else scheduled. So your phone goes ding, you got this other thing to do. If you don't, social media is not your friend. They want you to scroll endlessly. They, they're the ones who created endless scrolling. So what you need to do is be, again, the word we're using a couple of times on this, uh, this broadcast already is to be very intentional. Excellent. Um, no, I agree. And you're exactly right. We'll study that more in this class as we go along about how these various technologies are designed to give us little dopamine hits, right? And that mm-hmm. keeps us on the site. And so there's a book, uh, actually a textbook called Persuasive Technology by B.J. Fogg. And this is uh, how programmers ye- learn how to use psychology uh, in order to, um, you know, help uh, keep their growth numbers up, keep their time on site up. Um, how I, I have a couple more questions. And I'll give you a chance to uh, freestyle a little bit, Mark. Okay. Um, I'm kind of curious, how do you discover new ways to think or new ways, uh, new shortcuts you might take, new life hacks? How do you continue to improve yourself? For me, it is a non-negotiable. I read for at least 90 minutes a day. Uh, a few years ago, I came to this realization that all the very successful people in our world spend a lot of time reading books. And the best value, bar none, is a book. Because you're getting all the author's knowledge that they spent acquiring, and you can get it for 20 bucks and read it. So I read typically two 50-minute increments because I schedule my time in 50-minute increments. And I read and read and read. And I do read. And I just recently started uh, getting back on the medium because that's another place with good authors. And I, I, I go into everything realizing I don't have all the answers. I mean, I don't have all the answers. And I have an open mind. There's, I always learn from other productivity experts. I will learn from the crossing guard at school. If you have an open mind, then you're more likely to learn. If you go, well, no, I'm a productivity expert or I'm a Facebook expert or I'm a house building expert, then you have a closed mind and now you're blocking the new information. And so as I look at successful people in the world, they are students first. I mean, when I graduated college, I thought, phew, I'm done learning. You're never done learning. If you're done learning, you should be dead, in my opinion. I think that's excellent advice, and I think that's one of the things that we do very poorly as faculty is that we don't share with you all about how we're trying to grow, the struggles that we're having. I'm having a lot of the same struggles of managing stuff that all of you are, but I have 30 years on you of hiding it maybe, having better (laughs) ways to cope, uh, having some habits that I have developed that are um, good for me. So I just, I think that's an important point that I want to make to all students in this class is that it's uh, not that somehow people of my position are, or Mark's position are somehow have it all together. Um, There, we're still working on it, right? Mm -hmm. What other advice would you have for our students uh, as they have another 31 classes with me? How can they be (laughs) successful? Well, 
understand that your productivity, your ability to focus is going to ebb and flow. Okay. One day you may hear Scott talk and may hit you. And the next day you're like, I don't get it. Don't get hard on yourselves. What you need to do is breathe and go, okay. For example, I, I'm desperately trying to learn French on Duolingo. Some days, really good. Some days, I'm like, I don't get it. You, your, your ability to focus and learn is going to ebb and flow. So don't get frustrated by yourself if it's not working. If it's not clicking, just keep on keeping on. It will eventually click. Maybe a day, maybe a week, but it'll eventually click. What I see people all the time, even my clients, they get really frustrated that they're like, okay, I don't get it. I don't get Breathe. Slow down, breathe. Okay. We're not, we're not launching a space shuttle. We're not trying to land a plane in the war zone. Breathe. Okay. And when they, first of all, they, they go, Whoa, what? Stop. Just, just take a minute. And on the call, I'll tell them, just take a minute. Just do some breathing. I'm like, okay, I get it. I said, you're, cause you're tying yourself up in knots. And once you do that, you close your mind. So, like you said very well, Scott, no one has it all figured out. No, we're all learning this thing. So we're just a few years ahead of you, but nobody's a know-it-all. Matter of fact, if I meet someone who acts like a know-it-all, I, I push them away because I don't want that toxic person in my life. Excellent. Um, I've also, uh, I know you have a, a, a podcast uh, to uh, record here in just a minute, but um, I've also heard this phrase, the power of no. Could you explain what people mean when they say the power of no? Most people like to be people, people pleasers. They like to say yes to everybody. The problem is when you're saying yes to something or someone, you're saying no to yourself and you don't know how many more things you're saying no to because the future isn't here yet. So I'm rereading the book, Essentialism. Greg McCowan, I really recommend that book. And you say, okay, do I, should I really do this? Now, if Scott gives you an assignment, you better do it, but do you need to do it now? Or maybe you're better doing it in three hours. Maybe you go take a run or go for a walk or go to the gym and work out or something like that. So be very careful about your yeses and your nos. Successful people say no way more than non-successful people do. So be very careful because yes and no determines your time. Excellent. Excellent advice. Um, I often say to students that if you go slow, you'll get it done faster. Mm -hmm. And uh, that happens some in this class. It especially happens in my project management class where they're having to do some very complicated work. And I tell them if they just go slow, it's only going to take you two hours. If you go fast, it's going to take you eight because you're going to make too many mistakes as well. So there's 100%. a lot of good advice in that slowing down a little bit. Well, Mark, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And I appreciate uh, Mark's going to join me on the uh, call at uh, 3.30 as well. Uh, I will put these links uh, to the books that you mentioned on our Canvas site, the 5 a.m. club and the uh, essentialism. And hopefully students can check that out. And if you want to know more about me and, you know, find out where I am at, there's a couple places. Go to MrProductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. You can find out about my podcast there. There's only two websites. There's only two platforms I'm on, LinkedIn. Some of your students have already connected with me on LinkedIn. Good for them. Uh, and I'm also going back on Snapchat, which is getting a lot of my friends on LinkedIn kind of like to cock their head like a dog when they hear a whistle. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, the Nostradamus of social media, says Snapchat's making a comeback in 2021. So I want to be in that bleeding edge. So I'm sharing behind the scenes on Snapchat. So if you're on Snapchat, Yes, I'm 55 and I am on Snapchat. I'm not ashamed of it. 
come follow me over there as well. <laughs> okay, excellent. Well, thank you so much. And um, we'll see you uh, very shortly. My pleasure. Have a good day. Okay. And just before you go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com to pick up a couple free resources. Number one, the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. You don't have to be an entrepreneur to take advantage of these. They will serve you well. And on most Saturdays, I go live at 11 a.m. Eastern to teach some aspect on how to be a better you. Could be about productivity, could be about some other topic, but you can get the top five productivity tips and register for my next free live training on Saturday at mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.